You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Days of Our Lives, Part 1. Enjoy. Last week we finished our series, Rags to Riches. We did part six of six. We, we, were, we talked about prosperity and being business partners with God. And we're beginning a new series today that I'm so excited about. And it's called The Days of Our Lives. <laughs> I remember as a kid growing up, and I didn't know the Lord growing up. My family didn't know the Lord. But uh, my mom and sisters watched soap operas. Did you guys ever watch soap operas? There used to be one called The Days of Our Lives. This is back like in the 80s. I don't know. Is, there, is it still on the air? How about General Hospital? Is that still on? There was a, well, in the 80s, there was a big deal. Luke and Laura were getting married. I don't know if it was like, a, yeah, anyway. But we're, we're calling this the days of our lives. We're not talking about soap operas. We're actually talking about how to live in the world we're living in. Our worldview. How we see the world around us. I mean, maybe you've noticed, if you've, if you've listened to the news or gone online, or, or just had your eyes and ears open as you go to work or talk with people. But the world we're living in is a very dark place. You say, Pastor Joseph, what are you talking about darkness? Are you talking about a lack of light bulbs? No, I'm talking about evil. I'm talking about something that's beyond bad people treating people badly. I'm talking about a supernatural force of evil in the earth. Evil that is roaming the earth, seeking whom it might devour. And, you know, we look at the world around us and what's going on, and, and people sometimes ask the question, and I think we've all probably had this question enter our minds at one time or another. If God is so good, why are these things happening in the world? Why the horrific acts of terrorism and crime and plagues and diseases? I mean, uh, ISIS, a great example of the evil that's in the world. Um, but, you know, that's not something new. Right. It wasn't too long ago where the world learned what Adolf Hitler was doing, right, in Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. It wasn't long before that when the, when, when the Armenian genocide took place in about 1915. These things aren't new. Evil's been in the earth for a long time. And if God is good, why are these things happening? And I've got great news for you. In fact, it's so good, it might seem too good to be true, but it is. See, God has answers for us in the Bible. And, and some may say, but I don't believe the Bible. And I, you know, it's just a book written by man. And I want you to know that God not only has answers for us, in the Bible, but supernatural protection and provision that is infinitely greater than the evil in this world. So if we, if we don't believe in the scriptures, whether we realize it or not, we're cutting ourselves off from the answers that we need to live victoriously in this evil world. Christ came to enable us to live a supernatural life that's greater than the darkness around us. And the good news is the darker this world gets, the brighter God's people are going to shine. Yeah. Eden, can you put Proverbs 4.18 up there? Look what this says. I like this verse. 
the way of the righteous. What's the way of the righteous? Faith, right? The righteous shall live by faith. Faith in God's promises. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. So it may be bad around us, it, a lot of negative negativity, complaining, whatever it might be, but in reality, it's bright inside of us and wherever we set our feet. The light and life of Christ comes with us and is radiating from us. So don't let what's going on in the world around you get you down. Don't let it rub off on you because the worse it gets, the brighter you're going to shine. I made up my mind, I, I, a deliberate decision to shine in this world. And I want to encourage each of you to let your life, each day of your life, be brightly illuminated by putting your faith in the promises of God and to let that be your reality. So we're talking about how to live in this world, and it's so good. Don't miss it. Don't miss a moment of it. Uh, let's get into this. When we talk about worldview, how we see the world, that term, people begin to think, okay, we're talking about worldview, we're going to talk about politics or religion. Nah. We've got to go deeper than the ideas of man if we want real answers. If we want stuff that really works when you're facing darkness, we've got to have the Word. So let's go into the Word. Let's go all the way back to the beginning to Genesis chapter 1, all the way back. It's good to go back to the beginning, and we want to see the world as God sees the world. We want to see things as God sees things. When you see things the way God sees them, it changes the way you behave. It changes the way you look at people. It changes the way you look at yourself. So all the way back in Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read it in just a moment. But when we look at the scriptures, we find that we're living in a world that has fallen and is falling apart. <laughs> is that good news? Well, keep listening. It's good. We're living in a fallen world that's falling apart. In fact, the world's been deteriorating for about 6,000 years, and it's going to continue that way. <laughs> Wow, this is exciting. <laughs> it's going to continue. In fact, this earth is going to be done away with, the Bible tells us. And God's going to make new heavens and a new earth. Wow, this is amazing. Have you ever had a teacher in school that before the test, they handed out a study guide and they gave you the answers to the test? I loved it when that happened. They'd hand it out and they say, okay, here the, here's, the, here's the information you need. If you study this, you'll ace the test. Didn't happen a lot, but it was fun when it did happen. But God's done that. He's given us answers in his word so that when darkness comes to test us, we ace the test. We overcome it, and we reign in life through Jesus Christ. So he's given us answers. Look at Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to read something that's been read quite a bit, but some of the depths and the truths that are there have been missed. Verse 1, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now, verse 2, there's so much here in this verse, we're going to take our time and we're going to break it apart. 
and look at the depth of revelation that is in verse 2, because so many just read right on through it and jump to verse 3, but they miss it. So let's, let, let's dig in. Are you ready? And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. How to live in the world we're living in. We've got to see the world as God sees it. We've got to see things from a spiritual point of view. We walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. If you're not seeing things from a spiritual point of view, you will become discouraged. You will become discouraged. When you see it from God's eyes, you will be encouraged because you'll see the great plan that he has. So here we are in verse 2. I want to call your attention to a tiny little word. It's spelled W-A-S, okay? And the earth was formless and void. Why is that little word so important? The Hebrew word there, which is spelled H-A-Y-A, is a word that means to become, to come to pass, or became. In fact, in my Bible software, I've got a bunch of translations and a number of reference books. And in some of the translations, there's a little reference next to that word was. And you click on it, and it says, or became. So let's read that verse with the definition of the Hebrew word in there. Verse 2, and the earth became formless and void. Hmm. What does that mean? If something became formless and void, it means at some point it was not formless and void. All right? Something happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Now, after it says became, it says formless and void. These two Hebrew words are also very powerful. The word formless, listen to the definition of this word. A worthless thing. Confusion. Chaos. A wilderness of waste. Remember that, a wilderness of waste. The word void means this. An undistinguishable ruin. Emptiness. I want to read it to you out of the Living Bible. If you can put that up there, Eden. An alternate translation, the Living Bible. It says the earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass. (laughs) Wow. The message says a soup of nothingness. They're trying to convey the Hebrew here is what they're trying to do. A bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. What does this all mean? So let's read that verse now with understanding these definitions. Go ahead and put it up there, Eden. And the earth became a chaotic wilderness of waste, an undistinguishable ruin. Wow. Stay with me. And then it says darkness was over the surface of the deep. This word darkness is used in the Hebrew and in the Scriptures to figuratively communicate misery, destruction, death, and wickedness. Ephesians chapter 6. Did you put that up there, Eden? Verse 12 says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So if you're watching the news, you need to know Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. The Bible teaches us that there are spiritual beings that are ruling over regions of the world. Wow. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the darkness that we see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Now, all of these things, this, uh, this worthless, undistinguishable ruin, this chaos, this confusion, this misery, this destruction, all of these things in verse 2 are the antithesis of God. Right. They're the opposite of who God is. God is good. The scriptures teach us that God is good. He's the giver of every good thing. Every perfect gift comes from him. In fact, Psalm 34 verse 8 invites us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 145 9 says the Lord is good good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, you are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. So if God is good, what happened? What happened in verse two? God doesn't create destruction. God doesn't do these things. If you want answers, you've got to go to Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. In John chapter 1, it says he was the light of men. He was the understanding that we need to live life the way God designed it to be lived. And go to John chapter, uh, let's say, excuse me, Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. So why the chaos in verse 2? Jesus gives us the answer in Luke chapter 10. It is impossible to understand the Old Testament apart from Christ. You cannot do it. Christ, it's through faith in Christ that we understand Genesis. Very important to understand that. It's not through our intellect. It's through revelation, the illumination of the Holy Spirit. So we, 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 we take our religious glasses off at Highway Church, right? And we let the Holy Spirit illuminate us. Luke chapter 10, now Jesus is talking here, the light of the world, and the 70 return unto him in verse 17. These were 70 disciples that he prayed for and anointed to do what he was doing. And they come back to Jesus with joy in verse 17. They say, Lord, even the devils. The what? The devils. So the Bible teaches a lot about devils. People say, well, that, that's just kind of a, um, something that Christians made up to, to, to take the, the heat off of God. You know, that, that, he, that the devil's responsible for bad and God's responsible for good. And that way, you know, they can, they can continue in their theology. But actually, the Scripture teaches us about devils. Devils are very real. And the, this 70 disciples came back to Jesus saying, these devils, these spirits of darkness are subject to us through your name. How excited they are about that, Right? And you know, not believing in devils doesn't make them go away. Right. <laughs> and somewhere along the line, man got the idea that if I don't believe in something, it's not true. We don't create what's true. We simply have the choice to accept it, to believe in it, or not to believe in it. If a thief were in your home, it would be to the thief's great advantage if you did not acknowledge his presence. Because right. he could do whatever he wanted to do 
to you and to your home. But when you see that he's there, when you confront him and command him to go, he's got a choice. He's got to run or he's got to fight you, right? So devils don't want you to know they're real. Satan doesn't want you to acknowledge his presence. He doesn't want you to know that he has schemes and strategies against you to try and steal from you, destroy you, kill you if he can. He doesn't want you to know about it. But these disciples knew about it because they were following Christ. They were listening to what he said. In verse 18, look what Jesus said. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan. I saw the devil, right, as lightning fall from heaven. Aha, when did this happen? Way back in Genesis. Verse 19, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. When you study the scriptures, you find that God did not create creation to have poisonous things that hurt us. That happened after the fall. In fact, animals didn't eat one another before the fall. Isn't that amazing? There was no death before the fall. Okay, so Jesus gives us insight. Something happened in the heavenlies, and Satan was thrown down to the earth. Now let's go back to Genesis, all right? We're going to flip around here a little bit. I want to get the full light of this. So Jesus starts talking about the reality of what's going on in the spirit realm. And he's saying Satan fell from heaven like lightning, and I've given you authority over all of his power. All right, I'm going to read. Uh, let's see, time-wise. I'm sorry. I'm going, to, I'm going to read from you from Daniel. You can come with me if you want. We'll put the scriptures up on the screen for you, okay? Before we go back to Genesis. You can keep your finger in Genesis 1. But in Daniel chapter 10, it begins to talk to us and give us some insight into who Satan is. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand. So Daniel is praying and seeking the Lord. And he's praying and he's fasting for about 21 days. And an angel comes to him and says, Don't be afraid. He says, From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. So an angel, a spiritual being, is speaking to Daniel. Okay, and he says in verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he's talking about a devil, okay? He's not talking about a man, he's talking about a devil, all right? The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. There is a spiritual battle going on. Daniel's praying, and this spirit of darkness is trying to keep his prayer from getting answered for 21 days. But lo, Michael, who's Michael? One of the chief princes. The Bible speaks of these spiritual beings as royalty. Jesus called Satan the prince of this world, the ruler of this world. Paul called him the god of this world. So here this angel is saying, Michael, another archangel, the chief, uh, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So what are we doing? We're looking into the spirit realm to find out where this darkness came from in Genesis chapter 1. Daniel gives us insight into it. Then go to Ezekiel. You go to Ezekiel chapter 28. 
We want to walk in the Spirit. We want a spiritual understanding of world events, not a natural understanding of world events. We want a spiritual understanding of our daily lives. Ezekiel 28, verse 13. Listen to this. Now, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the prophet speaking and giving us a description of Satan, Lucifer. Verse 13, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. This is before God created man. This is in between Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2. I want to show you why. Look at this. You, you've been in the Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, gold, the workmanship of thy, of thy tabrets and of thy pipes. Those are musical instruments. Was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. It seems from the scriptures that in Genesis 1, God did create the heavens and the earth, and he created angels, spiritual beings, to go back and forth between heaven and earth. And that Lucifer, we're going to see in Isaiah after Ezekiel, his name was Lucifer, was one of the chief angels. And that he was given the gift of music and worship. And that he walked in the earth, in the Eden, the Garden of Eden. And verse 14, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, that thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. Verse 17, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. Hmm. Luke 10, 18. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. One more scripture about, about, the, about Satan. Isaiah chapter 14. You don't have your religious glasses on, right? You're receiving the word, listening to the word. We're getting insight into the spirit realm. We don't want to be ignorant of Satan's schemes. Isaiah 14, verse 12. Look at this. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Do you know what Lucifer means? Light bearer, right? Light. Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Look at verse 17 now. And remember the wilderness of waste we read in Genesis verse Two, one, verse two, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. Wow. Put it all together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They were perfect, beautiful, supernatural, no death, no destruction, 
no chaos. He created angels, beautiful, amazing, supernatural creatures. He created chief angels like Lucifer and Michael, Gabriel. But somewhere along the way, now we know that he gave them free will, that they were free beings, just like we're made. There's only two beings that I know of that have free will, and it's angels and men where we can choose to do whatever we want each day. So he created angels with free will, and at some point in time, we don't know how much time elapsed between Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2. Could have been 100 years, could have been thousands, could have been billions. We don't know. But at some point in time, Lucifer had a thought in his heart that was ungodly. And instead of rejecting it, he began to dwell on it. And iniquity was found in him. And he began to desire to overthrow God so that that all of creation would worship him instead of the creator. And at that point in time, and apparently he convinced some of the other angels to side with him and to follow him. And Jesus said he saw Satan and the angels that went with him fall like lightning from heaven. It seems to me that that happened after verse 1-1. Genesis 1.1, that God cast them down into the earth and that they wreaked havoc in the earth. At that point in time, that may have been when, if there were dinosaurs, that may have been when they were. There may have been amazing creatures on the earth that paralleled these supernatural beings, angels. We don't know what happened in between verse 1 and 2. We don't know how much time it took. But when he was cast down to the earth, he brought destruction. He probably went into a rage with his angels. He had just been cast down. No longer was he Lucifer. He then became Satan. It was his response. He did that to himself. God didn't do that to him. He rebelled. And he brought destruction to the earth, and perhaps God flooded the earth, because the earth was covered with water, we see in Genesis 1-2. Perhaps God flooded the earth at that point to preserve it. Now, now we go back to Genesis. Verse 2 again. Are you with me so far? How are we doing? Is this interesting? I think it is. This has to do with our worldview, right? Or a spiritual worldview. So back to Genesis now. Verse 1, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 2. I'm going to read this out of that Living Bible translation, alternate translation. The earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass. Now listen to this. With the Spirit of God brooding over the dark vapors. This word brooding in the Hebrew was only used three times in the Old Testament. And it it means to show deep unhappiness, deep sorrow. One of the other times it's used in Jeremiah, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it to you. Jeremiah 23, 9. It says God is talking about, and he's grieved because the pastors are not feeding the people. That's if you read the chapter, that's what it's about. They're not feeding him in the reality that he's their righteousness. So that's something that's going on today, isn't it? Jeremiah 23, 9, my heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. There's that word again. So this word communicates deep sorrow to the point that you're shaking, that you're ready to act to fix it. So follow me now. Genesis 1, God creates a perfect heaven and earth. Somewhere along the timeline, Lucifer rebels. He's cast down to the earth with his fallen angels. They wreak havoc on the earth, bring chaos and destruction. God is grieved. 
He's showing deep unhappiness. He floods the earth. And now those spirits of darkness, they don't go away. They're still there overneath the chaos and in the midst of it. And God is looking at it. And his spirit's hovering above the darkness and above the waters. And he's shaking. And he's deeply sorrowful. And he's getting ready to change it. And he says, light be. And everything changes. And the darkness recedes and supernatural light bursts into existence. No sun, no stars at this point. This is light generated from God's very own words. You see? He had enough of the chaos, the confusion. He was grieved. He said, I'm going to change this. He's brooding. And finally, he speaks light be. And the spirits of darkness begin to recede. And really, in verse 3, he begins to restore and recreate the earth. He's restoring order and beauty to the earth. But the devils didn't disappear. They were still there. And then we get into later in, in, in chapter 1, after six days of restoring beauty and order to the earth, God creates us. Does anyone know why he did that? We can sum it up in two reasons. First, he created us for love, to love him and to love others. And secondly, for authority. We're God's sheriffs in the earth. The devil didn't go away. He was still in the earth. But he had no authority now because God spoke. No more darkness, no more chaos, light. See, light is symbolic in the word of understanding, wisdom, God. Okay, so when he said light be, Satan lost his authority in the earth. And then he made us to reinforce that authority in the earth. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. It's good to know why you're on earth. Not to submit to darkness, but to take authority over it. To step on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Right? Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is God speaking. You got the timeline now? God says now. So he's he's restored order. order. And obviously the spirits of darkness and all of creation is watching what he's just done in six days. And then he says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And what? Let them rule. Over the fish of the sea, birds of the sky, the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing. Verse 27, and God created man in his own image. He never did anything like this before. So we've been created above the angels. Created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And look what, and, and God blessed them. Look at this. And said to them, Jennifer shared this morning. We did not talk before this. I didn't know she was going to be in Genesis 1. But look what God says. Same thing. Light be. When he speaks, it's never a pep talk. Hey. All right? It's not a greeting card. <laughs> and sometimes people have taken encouragements from the scriptures and treat them like a greeting card. <laughs> no, it's the power to be that. He's empowering us when he speaks. When he said, light be, the power and energy for light to burst forth happened in the universe. All right? So he says, be. 
fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, be rulers over it, right? Rule over the fish of the sea, rule over the birds of the sky, rule over every living thing that moves on the earth, and that would include the spirits of darkness that we read about. Wow. Isn't that awesome? The days of our lives. So here we are in 2014 on planet earth. Is there darkness in the earth? Yes. Are we afraid of it? No. We're rulers over it. We take authority over it. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're supernatural for the pulling down of these strongholds over nations and over areas, over Massachusetts, over New Bedford and Taunton and Fall River and Dartmouth and Boston, Providence, Newport, Rhode Island, in Jesus' name. We see later on in Genesis, after it's created, Adam sins. Adam believes the fallen Lucifer, believes Satan. And we see that Satan, through Adam's sin, steals the sovereignty that God gave to Adam. Two more scriptures, Romans chapter 5, describes it perfectly. So to understand the Old Testament, you've got to have the New right? Romans chapter 5, 17. I'm going to read it to you out of the Weymouth translation as it really captures what, what I'm talking about. Romans 5, 17 says, for if through the transgression of the one individual, death, look at this, made use of, took advantage of, the one individual to what? Seize the sovereignty. All the more shall those who receive God's overflowing grace and the gift of righteousness, what? Reign as kings in life. See, that's part of your purpose, love and authority. Reign as kings in life through the one individual, Jesus Christ. So you can imagine after Satan and his devils had wreaked havoc on the earth and God put a stop to it, said light be, then he created man in his image to rule over the earth. Satan was trying to think, how can I change this? How can I change this? How can I take the authority that God has given Adam and Eve and use it for my own plans? And he did that through sin. He seized the sovereignty that God gave Adam. And here's the good news. But Christ came and took it back and has given it to us. Last scripture, Mark chapter 16, verse, 15, verse 17. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, what's the first thing he says? Take authority over the devil. God knows what the problem is, doesn't he? It's not, the flesh, it's not people, although the people are responsible for their own actions. and We don't deny that, and there are consequences to their actions. But there is something much deeper than a terrorist group going on in the earth. And it's the terrorist of all terrorists, Satan. And he has given us authority over him. So how do we live in this world? We put our faith in Jesus Christ. 
we realize who we are in Christ and what he's done for us, and we study and we meditate on that. And if at any moment in time, fear or a difficult situation comes our way, we exercise our authority in Christ, we resist the devil, we submit unto God, and he runs from us. He flees from us. So if the news is your source for your worldview, you're going to fall way short of your destiny. When the Word of God becomes our source for the way we see the world, ourselves, and other people, then we begin to move forward in His destiny for our lives. We're going to continue next week, and it's going to get gooder and gooder. All right? So don't miss it. He's got supernatural protection and provision for you that's available through simple faith just by believing. It's yours for the receiving. Father, we thank you for the richness of this time together, for the revelation of your word opened today by your Holy Spirit. And Father, we look to you to guide us. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And your word teaches us how to live in the world we're living in victoriously. Not subject to darkness, but ruling over it. Not subject to lack, to poverty, to sickness, to disease, but to rule over it and reign as kings through your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Do not fear. The darker this world gets, the brighter we shine. In Jesus' name, amen.